Welcome to another week of Scrubbed In. My name is Jess McMicking. I am a consultant obstetrician and gynaecologist at Guy's and St Thomas's Hospital in London. And to explain my odd accent, I underwent specialty training in Sydney, Australia. This week on Scrubbed In, we bring you an interesting obstetric case, a potentially rare diagnosis for some, but all the same, a vital one to understand the key concepts. You are working on maternity assessment as the obstetric SHO. This is the equivalent to an A&E department, but is specifically built for women during their pregnancy. A 38-year-old lady has been referred to MAU following her midwife appointment. She is 36 weeks pregnant and in her first pregnancy. The clinic note says, blood pressure, systolic 140, diastolic 95. Urine dipstick, one positive protein. Feels very nauseated and not right. Baby moving well. Referred to MAU urgently for review. As you can gather, this is a very succinct note. However, in some circumstances, less is good and appropriate and the midwife has clearly recognised the need for an urgent review in MAU. When you reach the woman, she is lying on a bed within a cubicle on her left side on the cardiotocograph machine or CTG machine, which monitors the baby's heartbeat. It is good practice to have women lie on their lateral side when on a CTG machine to avoid the aortocarval compression from the gravid uterus. On further discussion with the woman, she reveals having felt excessively thirsty over the last two weeks, having to void more frequently than usual, no abdominal pain, urine still appearing the usual colour and her stools not pale, vomited once this morning. This pregnancy, it was an IVF pregnancy due to unexplained infertility. She has been low-risk care throughout her pregnancy and attended all of her midwifery appointments. The last ultrasound was done at 34 weeks, as this woman had had a low-lying placenta on her 20-week anomaly scan. On this scan, the estimated fetal weight was sitting at the 54th centile, with a normal growth velocity, a normal umbilical artery Doppler flow, and normal amniotic fluid. The placenta was also pleasingly now fundal and clear of the cervical os. She has no other medical history and denies any alcohol intake or smoking status. She is otherwise fit and well with a normal BMI. You now go to perform an examination. It is vital that when you assess a pregnant woman, you still approach the examination as a whole body approach. For the examination, it is also appropriate to position the mother in a supine position in order to perform the examination. Your examination findings reveal pulse 105, blood pressure, systolic 125, diastolic 95, respiratory rate 18, oxygen saturation 100% on room air, chest, Two heart sounds with no additional sounds. Chest clear on auscultation with bilateral air entry to the bases and no additional sounds. Abdomen 
soft, with no tenderness palpated in each of the quadrants. Obstetric examination revealed longitudinal lie, cephalic presentation, and vertex three-fifths palpable. Peripheral limbs showed mild edema bilaterally in the feet, with normal reflexes and no clonus. You repeat the urine dipstick, and it shows one positive of protein. You also look at the CTG, and using your great knowledge of the physiology of the fetal heartbeat, you can see that this baby's heart rate pattern is normal and is showing no signs of fetal hypoxia. I would now like you to pause the audio and get you to list your differential diagnoses. Think about the more common conditions you see in pregnancy and perhaps then try to think about the more rarer things that could also be going on. Following this, I would also like you to think about what investigations you would like in order to help eliminate or confirm your differentials. I was always taught at medical school, when you hear hooves, think horses and not zebras. I think that this is a great thing to often have in the back of our minds, but it's always important to try and think about those red flag conditions that you do want to ex exclude. An appropriate list for this lady could include pregnancy-induced hypertension, preeclampsia, HELP syndrome, acute fatty liver of pregnancy, gastroenteritis, urinary tract infection. Let's now discuss the investigations that you would order. These could include a full blood count, liver profile, renal profile, blood gas and random blood sugar, urine protein creatinine ratio, urine MSU, and also a group and save. You then send these off urgently to the lab. Have a think about what else you may do in the interim. A management for the pregnant woman should always focus on both mother and the baby. In this case, keeping this woman in a lateral position with the CTG monitor on in order to keep checking the baby's heart is appropriate. You would also insert intravenous access. It is appropriate to use large bore cannula in this setting. You may also think about intravenous fluid if the woman is showing signs of dehydration. However, if preeclampsia is on your differential list, be very cautious so you avoid uh, fluid overloading the woman. We have now got our investigation results back. You can see these by looking at Instagram. The results are in the middle column and the reference ranges for the pregnancy on the right column. It is always important with pregnant women that we consider the physiological changes that occur as these will alter the way we interpret results. This is why for some results we have pregnancy specific ranges. What can you see? The crucial things to note here are the leukocytosis or elevated white cells. In pregnancy, white blood cells do sit at a higher level than normal. However, here it is obvious that they are above the expected range. 
we can also see a concentrated haemoglobin pattern to suggest intravascular depletion. There is also acute kidney injury or AKI with a markedly high creatinine level. What is also very obvious is a transaminitis with a markedly high ALT marker. Also to note, the mother's blood sugar level is lower than expected. The urine protein creatinine ratio is also normal. I will give you a few moments to think about what is going on now. Is there more suspicion for a particular diagnosis? This is a very rare condition called acute fatty liver of pregnancy. The incident is variable due to our reliance on reporting. However, a recent population-based study in the United Kingdom reported an incidence of about 1 in 20,000 births. What can make this condition difficult to diagnose is that the symptoms and clinical signs can often be vague and non-specific. In this case, what we saw was there was vomiting and that the patient didn't feel quite right. How we diagnose acute fatty liver of pregnancy is by using the Swansea criteria. This was introduced by Welsh physicians following their research in 2002. It is a set of criteria with a woman fulfilling a diagnosis if she has six or more features in the absence of another diagnosis. If you take a look at Instagram now, you will be able to see this Swansea criteria and the seven features that this woman had. This criteria has proven to have a very high negative predictive value and is a very useful tool to have saved on one's phone for reference. The key management for acute fatty liver of pregnancy is prompt suspicion, early recognition, prompt delivery of the baby and maternal support and stabilisation. Hepatic insult is fortunately rare and in some cases may require liver transplantation. Given the risk for maternal deterioration, strong consideration for intensive care within a high dependency unit must be taken seriously. In this case, the woman was moved quickly to the obstetric unit's high dependency unit and was stabilised before undergoing an emergency caesarean section two hours later. The procedure itself was uncomplicated, with a healthy baby delivered of appropriate weight and with normal APGAR scores. The total blood loss was also pleasingly minimal, losing only 500 mils. Mode of delivery in acute fatty liver of pregnancy is usually by caesarean section, as this case demonstrates. Although a vaginal birth is not contraindicated, it is associated with a longer delivery duration and possible worsening of the mother's health status. The caesarean section itself can be planned, although there is still the risk of bleeding and anaesthesia complications. Other important concepts to address include fluid balance, correction of hypoglycemia, and use of N-acetylcysteine. Fluid balance is essential as both renal impairment and pulmonary edema may complicate acute fatty liver of pregnancy. Aggressive fluid resuscitation is usually required initially to correct the AKI, 
However, strict ongoing monitoring with the use of central lines is recommended to help further guide fluid replacement. If polyuria is excessive, one may have to use desmopressin to treat the diabetes insipidus. Hyperglycemia is a complication of acute fatty liver pregnancy, and this will be treated aggressively with intravenous 10% glucose. In the setting of pending liver failure, N-acetylcysteine or NAC is used to help promote inactivation of free radicals, improve tissue oxygen delivery, and reduce the risk of cerebral edema. The prognosis of acute fatty liver pregnancy is dependent on the severity of liver dysfunction, creatinine, and delay in delivery. In the majority of cases, the women will show rapid improvement in the postnatal period, following intensive monitoring and active care. In recent studies, the improvements in outcome have been seen especially with maternal health, which may in part be due to improved awareness of this condition. In this case, fortunately, the AKI was able to be corrected and the blood test 12 hours later following NAC and desmopressin showed a marked improvement with the creatinine falling to 150 and the ALT dropping to 300s. As we noted, that was only within the first 12 hours. A liver ultrasound was also performed on day three following the delivery to exclude any additional liver pathology. So in conclusion, acute fatty liver of pregnancy is an emergency. Fortunately, in this case, the team was able to promptly recognize the condition and expedite treatment accordingly. This lady was managed in textbook style and was able to be discharged home from hospital seven days following her diagnosis and emergency delivery. As an obstetrician, a big part of our role, similar to any other specialty, is a counselling that must follow the diagnosis of a serious medical condition requiring urgent and emergency care. In particular, with conditions unique to pregnancy, it is important to address topics such as future pregnancies with a woman and her partner prior to discharge. The recurrence rate for acute fatty liver of pregnancy is variable. Recent research has found genetic links with if a woman is confirmed to have a beta fatty acid oxidation disorder, then there is 25% chance of recurrence. Other risk factors include multiple pregnancy, which also carries a 14 times increased risk. A few tips to reflect on from this case. First of all, listen to the patient. This woman stated she doesn't feel right. Always take patients seriously when they say something like this. Know your differentials. Yes, think of the horses, but also think of the odd zebra. An assessment of a pregnant woman must always be thorough. Don't just focus on the abdomen. If you are unsure, ask. If you need help, ask. Never feel afraid to admit you are not sure what is going on. In this case, we were fortunate that one of the team members quickly contacted our obstetric team when they were perplexed with the differentials and this was then enabled us to expedite the management. Thank you for listening to my case and for Scrubbed In for inviting me. I hope you have found it useful. Please do leave feedback. 
All the very best in your career. Thanks.